You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Last week in our Spirit-led series, we reflected on three key foundational truths, three foundations from Romans 8 that we would all be wise to consider and take on in order to position ourselves to actually hear from Holy Spirit and develop sensitivity to his voice. And today, we're going to get practical. How's that sound? We're going to get practical. Today, we're going to look at some practical things, spiritual disciplines, holy habits, different postures that we can embrace, that we can take on to help us in that quest of better hearing from Holy Spirit and developing greater sensitivity to his voice. So how about we pray as we explore scripture and get practical together today. Let's pray that we'd continue to be spirit-led in all that we do. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we invite you to continue to lead us. We thank you for the way you've led us thus far this morning. We thank you for the way, all the ways that you've led us this week. If we even stop and reflect and kind of look at different things, we can see your hand and your guidance and your blessing over so many things in our lives. We just want to say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness. And this morning, as we open scripture, as we come around your word, as we reflect on what it means to be positioned and then to develop that, that ears to hear, I guess, what the Spirit is saying, Holy Spirit, would you do that work in us? Give us revelation. Give us, illuminate the scriptures. Give us where, Lord, we need a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a heart surgery to open ourselves up, to, to hear from you afresh, to allow you to perhaps do a new thing in our lives for the very first time. We just invite you to do that. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Move in power, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. How do we develop sensitivity to Holy Spirit's voice? Well, the first step is pretty simple, and you might laugh when I even put this as a point, but we position ourselves to hear. We start by positioning ourselves to hear from Holy Spirit. Now, look, obviously, this will look very different for all of us because we're all unique. We're all different people. We all have certain likes and dislikes. We're all in different stages of life as well. If we're in a retired season, for instance, we mightn't have the same responsibilities and daily challenges that someone who's in a stage of life where they're trying to keep children alive faces, yeah? You've got your own unique set of challenges, and from what you all tell me, it's the knees and the hips, but, you know, other things like that. But you, we all face different challenges, if we're retired, maybe we, we're used to having a more leisurely start to the day and we, we can easily do, have set aside time for reading and quiet reflection and other things might be easy for us to do. Whereas if you're raising young kids, getting like a minute to even go to the toilet by yourself alone is near impossible. Wherever, wherever we find ourselves right now, this, this remains true. If we want to hear Holy Spirit's voice... We need to position ourselves in such a way so as to hear from Holy Spirit's voice. So how do we do this? Well, for me, Psalm 46, verse 10, 
has been a real gift and a guide in my own walk with God and developing greater intimacy with Holy Spirit. It's an encouragement and I'll be honest, many times it served as a rebuke for me to stop doing or thinking about doing stuff and instead just sit and be still. To just sit, just set aside time to be still before the Lord. David writes, Psalm 46, verse 10a, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You know, this can be a pretty difficult thing for us, especially if we've got young children, if we get up for work super early in the morning, or just naturally we're wired as task-driven doers, you know? can be a hard thing, but this is a vital step for us to take if we want to develop greater sensitivity to Holy Spirit's voice. And, you know, being still before God doesn't necessarily mean being physically still before God. You don't have to be sitting or, or kneeling or standing. It can be. No, don't get me wrong. It can be that, and that can be helpful. But for me, it's, I, I see it as more of a state of stillness like a stillness of spirit, a stillness of heart and mind before the Lord. As we move our hearts and our minds from focusing on anything other than God, not necessarily talking about bad things or even the good things like responsibility, work, family, concern for others, when we, when we shift from thinking on those things to focusing on Holy Spirit, naturally we're positioning ourselves to better hear from him, to better discern his voice. I don't know about you, but this has certainly been true for me. Sometimes we really struggle to hear Holy Spirit's voice because our minds and hearts are consumed with a whole lot of other voices. Yeah? You know, our own inner voice talking to us about our to-do list, the things we need to achieve, what's wrong with this child, what we need to do for this person, what's wrong with our house and all these kind of things. Like, it's very easy to get consumed with that kind of inner voice. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to get that done. Maybe, yeah, children or friends we need to follow up and care for, conversations that need to be had, decisions that we need to make. And unfortunately, sometimes, this means that we're crowding out the voice opportunity for the spirit to really speak to us and discern him speaking. And... You know, perhaps this is where just a simple prayer could be really helpful. Like this, for instance. Holy Spirit, thank you that you abide with and in me. I have so many things on my mind, on my heart right now, and you know they're important. They're decisions I need to make, responsibilities I have to fulfill. But right now, I want to tune in and connect with you. Please help me. I long to experience peace in your presence. And right now, Holy Spirit, I'm tuning in and I'm ready to listen to you. Develop in me a sensitivity to your voice, Holy Spirit. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it could be something as simple as that. One of my favourite lyricists, John Foreman from Switchfoot, he pens a similar prayer in the song Voices. He writes, Every moment crowded with choices, speak to me and drown out the voices. Every moment we face, we have choices, don't we? And often our minds are filled with all the different voices taking our attention away from God, distracting us, keeping us from developing a sensitivity to his voice. And it's not even necessarily the bad things. They're the good things that can keep us as well. But when we position ourselves to hear Holy Spirit's voice, we do that and we, when we invite him to actually speak to us. And then as he speaks, 
we're able to drown out the endless stream of other voices that are competing for our attention. And you might have found this to be true in your walk with God too. This isn't necessarily just a start of the day thing. Sometimes we can think, can't we? Oh, if we start the day right, the rest of the day is going to go to plan as well. And definitely it's good to start the day with Jesus, but ideally it should be an every moment through the day kind of posture towards Holy Spirit, yeah? Personally, I believe this is what, you know, Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. He, he urges followers of Christ to be praying continuously. Well, I think this is actually what he's getting at. It's not like a down on your knees like this, but just a constant conversation with Holy Spirit, inviting him to move sharing the burdens, sharing the things that are in deep within your heart, asking him, what should I do in this situation? Thanking him for the wonder of the creation, for the blessing of other people in our lives, all that sort of thing. And we do this and and we discover what many people have discovered over the years, that positioning ourselves towards Holy Spirit helps no end in actually hearing from Holy Spirit. Amen? We're pretty unlikely to hear from Holy Spirit if we're actually not positioning ourselves towards him, to seek him and to connect with him. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, so that's the first. We position ourselves to hear from him and once we've positioned ourselves to hear from him, we intentionally set our minds on him. In Colossians 3.2, the Apostle Paul encourages believers to set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth. And then in Romans 8, 6, we looked at Romans 8 last week, Paul encourages us to take action and set our minds on the Spirit. He says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. The fruit of this choice is pretty obvious, isn't it? If we do this, we're going to be opening ourselves up to experiencing life and peace with God. Pretty, pretty simple, isn't it? I reckon there's nothing better. There, there's nothing better in life than to experience, a, experience relationally a sense of peace and life with God. Amen? So practically, what could this look like? What could setting our minds on Holy Spirit look like? Well, it could look like many things. For some of us, it, it might be a daily devotional. Maybe that's a good start to our day. You could read a a quality devotional. You could invite Holy Spirit to to speak to you through what you're reading. Not just reading the words, but allowing the Spirit to reveal his word to you. And then talk about what you've read with him. This could be how you set your mind on Holy Spirit. It could look also like reading and reflecting on scripture each day. Choosing a psalm a day. There's many devotionals that go through a psalm a day that are really good as well. And as you read the psalm, you're you're reading it, but at the same time, you're in dialogue with Holy Spirit, inviting him to speak, listening for his voice, sharing your heart with him. Maybe it's through engaging with a Bible reading plan. Bible reading plans are are fantastic because they they help keep us on track and keep us progressing through all of Scripture over over the year. That could be how you set your mind on Holy Spirits. And for others of us, it could be listening to an audio Bible, a devotional audio book, watching the daily video encouragement on the Bible app. Some of us do that 
they, they, they can be great videos. Encouraging with, uh, engaging with any encouraging daily scripture-focused Bible podcast. Now, we live in an age where we have everything just at our fingertips, don't we? It's amazing. And these options are great, especially when you leave early for work in the morning or spend a lot of time in your day driving in the car. And for some of us, our, ours could look like a mismatch, mishmash of all these different things um, because all of these holy habits engaged within the right way help us to set our minds on Holy Spirit. Now, I said in the right way. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll let you in on a challenge that I've faced over the years in my walk with Jesus. And this is something that I still, to this day, need to guard myself whenever I start out with any holy habit. Yeah? Like daily. This is what I have to do. Too often, I turn beautiful, life-giving, faith-growing pursuits like those I've just shared into duty-focused, tick-the-box spiritual activities. Is anyone with me in that? I have a natural tendency, my own human tendency, is to approach reading a daily devotional, for example, with the wrong heart, with the wrong motivation. I'm susceptible to reading it because I know it's what I should do as a Christian, and especially as a pastor, and sometimes neglect to take the time to invite Holy Spirit in, to actually speak to me, to guide me in what I'm reading, to make it a conversation rather than just a, oh, I've read that and wasn't that lovely kind of activity. Does that make sense? Same has been the case for Bible reading plans through different seasons of my walk. Ticking off that daily box, getting that sense of satisfaction as you see the daily ticks lining up while missing out on the intimacy missing out on the interaction to be enjoyed with Holy Spirit residing in me. Perhaps this has been true for you from time to time too. Can I encourage all of us this morning, holy habits are gifts from God. But holy habits are crucial to developing intimacy with Holy Spirit, but we need to be careful how we approach engaging with holy habits. We've got to be careful to approach them with the right heart. Being disciplined with the disciplines, so to speak, so that we don't just tick a box out of a sense to like fulfil a duty, but actually see them for what they are. Healthy habits that help us, no end, in turning our, our hearts and our minds away from the things of the world to the things of God, to focusing on him and setting our minds on Holy Spirit so we can actually hear from him, yeah? Okay, so... So, we develop sensitivity to, to Holy Spirit's voice when we position ourselves to hear, when we set our minds on him, and, this is really important, when we allow his peace to rule. When we allow his peace to rule. In the... Ancient world, who was there? Nah, just joking. In the ancient world, athletic competitions were really popular. Who loves running? I love running. I ran this morning in the rain. Nothing better than that. But in the ancient world, athletic competitions were super popular. And you look at the history books, you know that's true. And even if you think about it, you read the New Testament, what are a lot of spiritual lifelong 
analogies made out to be, like running a race or um, winning the crown or, you know, things like that. It, it really does. It explains why many biblical authors used running and race analogies to get their points across. Anyway, much like today, these ancient events had umpires, referees, who helped to, to moderate the athletic competitions to keep things on track, so pardon the pun, to keep things peaceful, you know. And in Colossians 3, Paul encourages believers to, to put on the new self and do away with the old man, so to speak, to put on the new man. And in verse 15, Paul says this. He says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, you might be like, well, yeah, duh, but let me explain. The Greek word for rule in this verse is brababio, brababio, that's how you say it, and literally means umpire. So Paul's saying to us, let the peace of Christ rule or umpire in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ umpire in your life, in your decisions. Let the peace of Christ act as a referee in your emotions and decisions. You getting that? So hear me today. One of the clearest indicators that we can know that what we're actually hearing, what we're downloading is from the Holy Spirit is peace. Peace, yeah? A deep abiding sense of peace in our hearts. Holy Spirit often, and in my, in my faith walk thus far, most often for me, will speak to and guide me through a deep abiding sense of peace. And, you know, the flip side is also true. Maybe you've experienced this true as well. One of the clearest indicators that we're not hearing from the Holy Spirit and uh, either, you know, we're, we're influenced by another voice, whether it's our own misguided thinking or from another spirit sent by Satan to steal, kill and destroy us is the absence of peace. Yeah? Who knows when you've heard something or you've felt something and maybe you felt condemned or something and it's real negative emotions and as you're sitting with it, you just feel icky and you know, it just doesn't feel right. You don't have any sense of peace. You can be sure in that that that's not the spirit talking to you, bringing condemnation and that sort of thing. That's actually most likely another spirit altogether or maybe stinking thinking, your own self-talk. Oh, you're a loser, Joel. Why do you always do that? Why do you always slip up? Why don't you just, you know, that's not the spirit talking. That's probably yourself or another spirit altogether. And so often when it is a different spirit, it also has the presence of other, other senses and feelings like overwhelming sort of destructive senses really, anger, fear, anxiety, a sick feeling in your gut, you know, that kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not saying that at times God doesn't allow us to feel certain things, but, it, but that's not condemnation, that's conviction. That's conviction of the Spirit for our good. He's actually illuminating to our hearts, hey, Joel, in this area in your life, you are way off track, mate. And I want you to feel this so you feel the gravity of it, so you truly repent and then stick on the straight and narrow with me. Yeah? That's conviction. But if I felt that and then I wallowed in self-pity and then another voice was telling me, you're worthless, Joel. Think you're a pastor? 
if only people knew, you know, that kind of stuff, then you can guarantee that's not the Holy Spirit, that's another spirit altogether, yeah? Okay, so how does this work out practically in real life? Like this peace umpiring in our hearts, ruling, showing us the way, the yay or nay. How does this factor in what we looked at last week with knowing God um, through familiarity with his word? Okay, we'll get practical. Say you're sitting there or standing or walking and you're resting in God's presence, you're enjoying intimacy with Holy Spirit and then you feel an impression on your spirit or what you feel like a voice speaking to you and it says this, I want you to forgive your sister in Christ who has wronged you. We don't like getting those words, do we? I want you to forgive your sister in Christ who has wronged you. So what do you do? How do you discern if it's Holy Spirit talking to you or if you're hearing another voice altogether? Well, a good thing to do first is to actually stop and consider what it is you've heard. Yeah? Start with the the word filter, as we've got up on the screen there. Ask yourself, is this something that God asks or commands his people to do in Scripture? First step. Is this something God asks or commands me as a follower of his to do in scripture? And as you take this step, if you've been following Jesus for some time and this comes to your ears, this will be a very quick check, likely. But if you're newer to the faith and perhaps this is even something you, you, you don't know what it should be, I'll tell you now, a good thing to do is ask Google. Like literally, type it in. Google it. Does God expect that I forgive someone who's wronged me, you know, something like that. And normally you get some pretty good results if you do that. And so you do this and multiple passages come to mind or come up on Google. Ephesians 4.32, for example, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. How? As God in Christ forgave you. Whoa. And then Jesus' words in Matthew 6.14, for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Yeah? So there. So the, so the word filter lines up. Step one, word filter. What's next? Well, the next, for me, filter, is the peace filter. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, as I sit with and as I consider this word, does it actually apply to me? Does it apply to me? Do I know? Do I feel it deep down in my soul that this is actually something that I am to take action and do? Yeah? Practically practically with this example, it would be asking yourself, do I have a biological, (laughs) could be a biological, um, or spiritual sister, a sister in Christ that I actually do need to forgive? Could be as simple as that. And then allowing the peace of God to guide you. Now, This is really, really important because that that image says it all, doesn't it? If you do need to forgive someone who's hurt you, there's probably a high likelihood that you don't naturally want to forgive that someone who's hurt you. Yeah? Yep. Forgiveness can be really hard because when we've been wronged, we are often hurt by that wronged, being wronged, you know? We might be angry. We might have been faced, you know, unfair accusations. We might have, whatever it is, and we're just seething. We're we're like, I don't want to forgive this person. 
Look at what they've done to me. So there's a good chance you might not naturally want to forgive them. You're feeling wounded. And here's the thing. Peace will not likely be the main emotion you feel as soon as you consider forgiving that person, right? So it's really, really important with this. When, when we're talking about peace being the umpire in our decision-making, we're talking about peace as in that deep, deep knowledge, that knowing that what we've been asked to do is what we are to do, what God is actually calling us to do. Does that make sense? Like as we think of something, we're not necessarily with forgiving someone who's wronged us. It hurts. It's a, it's a, it's a big thing to actually say, you know what? You've, this person's really hurt me, but I'm going to let it go. I'm not letting it go for them. I'm actually kind of just letting it go so I don't have to carry this burden any longer in a way. But I am going to let it go for them as well because that's what Jesus calls me to do. But we might be feeling peace as we consider doing that. But the peace I'm talking about is that heart peace, ruling in our hearts, umpiring, guiding, showing us the way, Joel, this is exactly what I'm asking you to do. In fact, this is what I expect of you. Yeah? Does that make sense? So, yeah. Um, it's like, a yeah, as we consider whatever it is we've been asked to do, deep down we know it's right because we know that we know that we know that it's what we should be doing. Yeah? That's the peace of God umpiring in our hearts. And as Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says it's the peace of God that surpasses what surpasses all understanding so it's not even like a it doesn't make sense but we know that we know that we know it's what we're to do does that make sense there's a lot of does that make sense doesn't make sense but it does make sense because it's this God's spirit bringing peace to our hearts saying this is the course of action this is what I'm asking you to do leading us to respond. Now, for an example that I've just shared, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? If we, if we look at it, Scripture clearly asks us, commands us to forgive one another. And if I'm hearing, feeling direction to forgive someone, and then I think about it, and I know that I, there is someone that I do need to forgive, and then I feel that peace that surpasses all understanding from Holy Spirit as I sit with him and, and kind of process it and like, oh, I don't really want to forgive them, but... And God just says, yeah, I want you to. And that peace falls in your spirit. This is what I am to do. We can confidently assume that it is Holy Spirit's voice we're hearing. And we can take action knowing that we're not going it alone, but we're actually walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? But what about when things aren't quite so clear-cut? What about if we're considering a new job opportunity, thinking about asking someone out on a date or considering asking someone to, to marry us or when we hear a word from someone and it doesn't necessarily get clearly addressed in Scripture. You know, what do we, what do, we do then? Well, I remember being at a uh, conference many years ago with another ACM pastor and this conference had some people who were gifted in the prophetic so they were people that God used and they kind of downloaded words from God to share to be an encouragement to other people. And it was a really, it was a wonderful conference. Like many, many pastors were getting 
fired up and really blessed by the words that God was sharing through these people. And one word that was spoken by one of these people, uh, my, one of my good friends was a recipient. And, you know, I was there with him. We were listening intently. It sounded legit. Sounded good. Sounded true. Sounded right. Sounded like the kind of word that for this particular guy lined up with his giftings, his heart, his, his spiritual gifts. But as it turned out, it actually wasn't a word from God. It was a well-intentioned but misguided word from a human being for him. Yeah? Now, how did we discern this? How can I say this with such confidence before you today? Because it didn't pass the third filter. It didn't pass the council filter. My friend's mentor, who was listening in as this person shared the word, he he came up to my friend as soon as this person had finished sharing and he said simply to him, he said, that's not a word for you from the Lord. That's a word from that person for you. That's, that's all he said. And what was his reasoning for this? Because, I mean, it sounded good. It was uplifting. It was encouraging. It wasn't, you know, it, it seemed to line up, as I said, with my friend's gifting, all of those things. Why was this mentor confident that it wasn't a word from God? Really simple. Because as he was listening to this person sharing prophetically, he didn't have a deep abiding sense of peace in his own heart. Yeah? He had the opposite, in fact. Holy Spirit, and he said this after, was literally saying to him, no, 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 no. In his heart and in his head. And knowing my friend intimately as he did, because that's the nature of counsel, isn't it? It's people who know us intimately well. He knew without any shadow of a doubt that this was not a word for this particular person. And praise God, my friend was, was wise and he received this counsel from his mentor and avoided taking to, a heart, taking to heart a word that was not his to take to his heart. And I imagine this would be the case if he did take it on anyway. I think he's probably, his wise choice saved him a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of pain and confusion in pursuing a certain course of direction for his life that Holy Spirit wasn't actually in. And friends, I, I really believe this, this is a vital step that too many of us neglect. Way too often. Yeah? You know, we develop relationship with God one-on-one. Absolutely. That's the beauty of our God. Not only has he made a way for us to be right, Jesus made a way for us to be right with the Father, but Jesus says, I've got to go that the helper might come and dwell with you and in you. That's the reality. God dwells in us. The very spirit of the living God dwells and abides in and with us. That's remarkable. And we have that privilege of talking with God anytime. That's how we do it, through the spirit. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And we can discern and hear his voice one-on-one, sure. But this is true as well. We develop, we grow and mature in relationship with God as we receive input from other believers who are wise and who love us. It's not Lone Ranger Christianity, just me and Jesus. If anyone says that, encourage them to think again (laughs) and invest in a local church community because it's never me and Jesus. Me and Jesus is a recipe for disaster. (laughs) It's a recipe to get off track. 
It's me and Jesus in community with other believers. Yeah? We benefit and we need the input of other faithful followers who know God, who are also led by Holy Spirit, and who know us well too. Proverbs 12:15 lays out this truth pretty bluntly, but well for us. It says, "The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man or a wise woman listens to advice." Now, we're not talking just any advice here, because who knows, we can go anywhere and get any sort of worldly advice from secular counselors or all sorts of things. And I'm not dissing that by any means. That's, that can be good. But most importantly, as follow, if, if you're a follower of Christian, a follower of Jesus and a Christian, you want to be hearing wise, spirit-led counsel from people who know you well as well. Yeah? It's not one or the other, but it's both and. You want to hear advice from people who keep in step with Holy Spirit themselves, are growing in displaying his fruit, and, yeah, visibly in growing in his likeness. So say you're considering a major life change. You've done the word filter. You've considered acting or following the voice you're hearing and you have peace. The, the peace factor kind of filter checks out. You want to be sure to be sure to be sure. You want, you want to be sure <laughs> that you're taking, that you're able to confidently step into something. You'd be wise to put it through the council filter. So you ask a Christian friend, you might ask a spiritual mentor, someone you really trust. Depending on your context, it might be something that you share with your connect group. It might not be, depends on what it is. Or you could approach a leader in your home church, an elder, connect group leader, a member of staff, and invite their wise counsel. Trust that as they're sharing, they're not just sharing from their own noggins, but they're trying to listen to the spirit and discern his voice in order to bless you and encourage you as well. And as you allow people who know God and know you well to speak into your life and offer that spirit-led advice, there's no question you're going to receive greater clarity. You'll actually be able to better discern what it is that God is actually asking of you or potentially what he's not even asking you. Yeah? It might be affirmed. It might be absolutely. That's the path to take. That's definitely a word for you. And it might not. It might be... Words that I've heard quite a few times from people who've spoken into my life. It's like, brother, I love you, but that's not a word from the Lord for you. That's not a word for you. I don't have peace. I feel the opposite. I'm confident that that's not a word in season for you. That's just a word from someone who is trying to be nice, but it's not actually the Spirit leading you. Friends, in all of this, in all of these practicalities... Here's the underlying reality that is encouraging for all of us. Holy Spirit longs to connect with you. Holy Spirit longs to connect intimately with you. He wants to not just be a, a concept or an unknown supernatural force, which is what sometimes we can kind of conceptualise Holy Spirit as, but Holy Spirit is a person a beautiful person to enjoy, to interact with, to talk with, to learn from, to, to, to grow in, to be, be you know, loved by. He's, he's there, he's waiting. And I guess the question for all of us is, 
is this something that we want? Is this something that we want? Because if we do, and I believe this morning that Holy Spirit actually wants to, to kind of, I don't know what the right word would be, but kind of like bring refreshing to people's hearts today. Bring a refreshing to a heart so that we can have hearts that are just truly open to allowing him to come and move and work through our lives and bring the kind of things to bear on us that need to be brought to bear. So I just want to, I just want to encourage you this morning. We're going to have a moment just to receive some prayer. And if I wasn't preaching, I would be the first one standing right here. And I encourage you today, don't go out of here without receiving prayer to have a touch from the Spirit and to develop, allow Him to work with you in developing that greater sensitivity. Remember the the illustration of the pedals, us and God working together in rhythm? That's what He wants to do. And He wants to release a, a fresh touch of His Spirit to you this morning.